Hello friends, welcome. Always delighted to have you along with me. And we have been talking recently about the history of the territories that belong to the United States. How did they get to be a territory? That's what so many people want to know. Like how did that, how, why is that a thing? Why isn't it a state? And today we're going to talk about the US Virgin Islands. So let's dive in. I'm Sharon McMahon and welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. All right, raise your hand if you're a Hamilton fan. Of course, Hamilton opens with Alexander Hamilton talking about his childhood on St. Croix, right? Talking about how he was a young boy, his mother gets sick, and his mother ends up dying, but he survives. And then he worked his way up as a clerk in businesses, trading sugar cane and rum and all the things you can't afford. That was on the island of St. Croix, which is now part of the U.S. Virgin Islands. So, of course, Hamilton, this very, very, very bright, hardworking young man determined to improve his lot in life. And his employers recognized his potential. And they actually took up a collection, took up a collection just to send him to the mainland. Get your education. Don't forget from whence you came. The world's going to know your name. Alexander Hamilton. So, of course, he wasn't born on St. Croix. He was born in an island about 140 miles away, but he spent his most formative years on St. Croix from approximately the age of eight to roughly 15. Of course, a lot of historic documents have been lost that show his exact birth year. We know it was like either 1755 or 1757. Most people would say 1755-ish. But of course, the musical doesn't explicitly identify St. Croix. So maybe that doesn't actually ring a bell to you if you had never done any independent research on Alexander Hamilton. And when he lived there, they didn't belong to the United States. The United States wasn't a country, even when Alexander Hamilton lived there. <laughs> it was still, they were still British colonies, but they were not even British colonies when Hamilton was living there. The island of St. Croix, in fact, and several other virgin islands would be part of the Danish West Indies and part of the kingdom of Denmark until 1917. He truly was an immigrant. He was not from the British colonies. He was not from what would become the United States. So the U.S. Virgin Islands are about 1,100 miles off the coast of Miami. And of course, they were originally inhabited by a number of indigenous groups who settled, began homesteading on the islands. There was war and fighting and enslavement amongst the indigenous people who lived there for a very long time. And there are actually three larger islands in this chain of the U.S. Virgin Islands. So St. Croix, which is the largest, and then St. Thomas and St. John, St. John being the smallest. But there are about 50 tiny uninhabited islands that make up the USVI. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Columbus once anchored at what is now the Salt River on St. Croix on his second exploratory voyage. He was there to refill drinking water for his crew. Columbus's men were greeted by an onslaught of arrows from the indigenous people who lived there. And he named the region Cape of the Arrows and quickly left, went to Puerto Rico. Some historians would say he discovered it certainly didn't discover it for real because there were lots of people living there at the time, discovered it for Europeans. How's that? Spain decided, hey, these are our Virgin Islands, but then they ended up not wanting to inhabit them, which was basically seen as an invitation for other European powers that were looking to expand their colonization into new lands. So by 1625, both the English and the Dutch had established opposing frontier outposts on the island of St. Croix. And struggles between the British and the Dutch for control of the island continued for 20 years. 20 years, and if briefly, the British prevailed. But the European power struggle for this set of islands continued for over a century. Spain came back and they sent troops to Puerto Rico to try to take back the islands and France, England, Denmark, all vying for control of the set of islands, none of them keeping the islands for very long. So by about 1679, Around 150 Europeans brought by the Danish West India Company were reported to be living on the island of St. Thomas, along with the people that they enslaved, and they began cultivating the land and building plantations. This island chain was home to a large number of legendary pirates. Captain Kidd, Sir Francis Drake, Blackbeard, also used St. Thomas as a home base for their maritime raids. And the waters of this region in the Caribbean were full of European ships on trade routes. They were filled with valuables like sugar, tobacco, cotton, indigo, rum, things that were tremendously valuable to people in other parts of the world. So in the early 1700s, Denmark 
purchased St. Croix from France and all three of the large islands of what are now the U.S. Virgin Islands became Royal Danish Colonies in about 1754 and they were named the Danish West Indian Islands. So this is approximately the time period that Alexander Hamilton is born in. And a very large portion of what was being traded on these islands was not just sugarcane, not just rum, not just cotton. The island's biggest success at the time was its slave trade. Some historians say that 250,000 slaves were sold on the auction blocks just in one city on St. Thomas. It's estimated by about 1775, the enslaved outnumbered the Danish settlers on the islands by a ratio of eight to one. And many people were sold and then taken by ship to the American South. By the end of the 1700s, roughly 1792, Denmark says... Hey, we're done. We're planning to end the slave trade, but it actually kept operating for 56 more years until 1848. And emancipation of these islands really happened as a result of many rebellions over the years. By the early to mid 1800s, the economic boom of the Virgin Islands was beginning to fade. The slave trade had been abolished. The cultivation of sugar beets, which grow in cooler temperatures and they grow much more quickly than sugar cane, basically wiped out the sugar cane plantation as we know it. So in 1867, the United States attempted to purchase the islands from Denmark, but the treaty to purchase the islands was rejected by the U.S. Senate. Denmark had been asking $7.5 million. And of course, a president cannot sign a treaty on their own. A president must have the approval of the Senate so that the president cannot tie the United States to things that its legislature wouldn't approve of. In 1902, a few years after the United States acquired Puerto Rico, the U.S. expressed sort of a renewed interest in acquiring these islands. And they lowballed Denmark. They were like, hey, could we buy these islands from you for like $5 million? And the Danish were like, no, absolutely not. So around the time the United States began its entry into World War I, the United States began to fear that Germany was going to use these islands as a base for submarines, and they wanted to make sure that they had control of them. So the U.S. approaches Denmark one final time. Can we buy these islands from you? This is now 1916. And Denmark finally agreed to sell what is now the U.S. Virgin Islands to the United States for $25 million in gold coins. Imagine how much that is, how many gold coins that is, $25 million in gold coins. Okay, that is in 1916 money. That is a huge amount of money. It's about $600 million today. $600 million. Remember that they had previously negotiated a deal that the Senate refused to approve for $7.5 million? Eventually, they paid more than three times that amount, $600 million for 
what is now the USVI. So the U.S. officially took possession on March 31st of 1917, and the territory was officially renamed the Virgin Islands of the United States. Transfer Day, by the way, is still a holiday celebrated on the islands, commemorates the U.S. acquisition of the islands. We hear from a lot of interesting people on this podcast, and I know that I am always hungry for more. And what if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? Guess what? You can. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best instructors. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, your computer, your smart TV, even in audio modes. You can listen to it like a podcast. I know that when I watch Doris Kearns Goodwin, that first of all, I'm going to be getting fantastic information, that the production level is going to be incredible. And then I'm going to walk away feeling smarter and more informed than I was before. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Sharon. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Sharon. Masterclass.com slash Sharon. We have all had embarrassing moments where something didn't smell quite right. And if you have any children or people in your lives who have stinky toes, stinky feet, and those stinky shoes pile up by the door of your house, and then when people come over, they're like, um, your house smells weird. There's a solution for that, and it is not necessarily spraying down your house with disinfectant. It is taking care of the smell at the source by using Lumi on places like the people in your house's stinky feet. It is a whole body deodorant. It is safe to use anywhere on your body. It was created by a doctor who saw firsthand how stinky feet and other body parts are often misdiagnosed as problems when in reality, you could just use a product like Lumi and it would take care of the issue. It has been clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SHARON. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. Absolutely. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others, and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up, and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. 
If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Sharon. In 1927, so 10 years after they become a territory, island residents were granted U.S. citizenship. But it wasn't until 1936 that FDR signed the Organic Act. If you have been listening to my other episodes about U.S. territories, you're familiar with that term, which gave islanders voting rights in local elections. But again, Think back to the other episodes. They are citizens, but they do not live in a state. And so because they do not live in a state, they do not have voting representation in Congress, and they cannot vote for president. They can vote in local elections and they can vote in primary elections, but because of the Electoral College, they cannot vote for president. So this Organic Act was revised in the 1950s, and it gave the USVI even a greater degree of self-governance. And they began electing their own governor in the 1970s, created their own constitution. They do, as I mentioned before, have one delegate to Congress, a delegate, as I'm sure you remember, is there in an advisory capacity, but they cannot vote on whether or not bills will pass. Why? Because they don't live in a state. What would happen if somebody who was a citizen, born in the USVI, citizen, moves to the United States, mainland United States, moves to Georgia? Can they vote? The answer is yes, because they are citizens. And the reason they cannot vote in presidential elections is because they don't live in a state. When they move to a state, then they can vote. And that is the case of millions of Puerto Ricans who cannot vote for president when they live on Puerto Rico, but they can when they move to places like Florida. So tourism really began to develop on the USVI in the 1970s and 80s, and it is now currently the most important sector of the island's economy. Over 100,000 people arrive on cruise ships to the USVI every month. Every month. These are small places. That is a lot of people. Listen, I know if you pick up any kind of beauty magazine or you follow an influencer, there's like a new skincare product every single day of the week. And it can be really difficult to know which ones to even try, like which one is worth your money. And if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, you might be excited to know that one of today's sponsors is OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy. No complicated routines just simple, scientifically validated solutions. The secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. I especially like the eye cream. It's not too thick where you feel like it's going to clog all your pores, but it goes on really, really nicely under makeup. For a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase using the code SHARON when you check out at oneskin.co. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O. Try OneSkin 
and enjoy younger, healthier skin without all the extra steps. That's oneskin.co code Sharon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I want to give you guys a couple of little fun facts about the Virgin Islands. You guys have heard of Bay Rum. Specifically, you've probably heard of like St. John Bay Rum. And I always wondered what that was. Like what makes something Bay Rum? Well, it is using leaves from bay trees that grow on the islands. And in the 1830s, a Danish chemist became interested in local bay leaves because they had been used for a long time for beauty and health remedies on the islands. So this Danish chemist becomes interested in local bay leaf oil and discovered that mixing St. John Bay leaf oils with the rums that were being produced on the Virgin Islands made this very uniquely fragrant rum. And its popularity took off and the production of bay rum became a very important Virgin Island export in the early 1900s. So these small batch distillers would blend bay leaf oils and Caribbean rums to make all all different kinds of varieties of these Virgin Island Bay rums. At its peak, historians estimate that there was over a thousand gallons of bay leaf oil. If you think about how many leaves it has to take to make a thousand gallons of oil pressed from the leaves, that is significant. Thousand gallons of bay leaf oil blended into roughly 35,000 gallons of bay rum. But of course, what happened in the 1920s? Prohibition! Prohibition basically halted all of the exportation of island rum, and then manufacturers had to decide, what are we going to do? Are we going to bootleg it? 
Many of them did. Many of them continued to ship rum illegally and they hid it on ships that were first going to the Bahamas before heading to the mainland because the Bahamas were not a U.S. territory. And so they were hoping to avoid some of the legal consequences surrounding that. Or this is also very interesting. They began experimenting with doing things like adding aspirin to bay rum, bottling it in smaller bottles, and then marketing it as a health tonic that soothed your aches and pains. So you could drink it if it was medicine and it had some aspirin in it. And my guess is people probably actually did feel quite a bit better drinking some bay rum with aspirin in it. That would take the edge off. Probably was quite popular. So during Prohibition, Virgin Island Bay rum production hit a peak of 100,000 gallons a year. So Prohibition actually made bay rum more popular, had the opposite effect that Prohibition activists desired, which was to squelch the consumption and sale of alcohol. It made it more popular. They just found other ways around the rules. So one of the other things I think is really interesting about the USBI is that it has a very old Jewish community. Jewish families began settling the islands in the 1650s. Many of them were Spanish and Portuguese Sephardic Jews who had traveled to the Caribbean in many ways to finance trade between Europe and what they referred to as the New World at the time. And during its heyday in the 19th century, the Jewish community made up about half of the white population on the islands. Some of its earliest governors were people that were appointed that were of Jewish descent. And in 1833, the Synagogue of St. Thomas, which is the second oldest synagogue in the Western Hemisphere, was built. It's also the longest continuously run congregation amongst American states and territories. One of the things that makes it unique is that it has a sand floor. I believe there are only a small handful of synagogues in the world that have sand floors. And the walls of the synagogue were made from stone. The mortar that holds the stone together was made up of lime, sand, and molasses. Isn't that fascinating? You can absolutely still go visit that synagogue uh, on St. Thomas. You can find pictures of it online with the sand floor. It has um, a format that is more traditional to Sephardic congregations where the different sides face each other instead of being more theater style, like some Ashkenazic communities have. One other fun fact that I'm going to give you about the U.S. Virgin Islands is that This is one of the best places in the world to find bioluminescence. You know what bioluminescence is? It's like the millions of tiny plankton and they have blooms that then makes them glow in the dark. And one of the best places in the whole world is Salt River Bay on St. Croix. You can actually sign up for night tours with glass bottom boats and watch the waves 
glow in the dark. I've seen videos of other bioluminescence where you can see dolphins surfing in the bioluminescent water and it is, they look like ghost dolphins. It is super cool. So that's a little bit about how the U.S. acquired the U.S. Virgin Islands. It was by offering Denmark money for them, a lot of money, $600 million in today's money during the time of World War I because they did not want the Germans to use them as a submarine base. And now they are an incredibly popular tourist destination with 100,000 people visiting on cruise ships every single month. Have you been to the Virgin Islands? I know several people who are like, listen, St. Thomas is the best. St. John's is the best. St. Croix is the best. Everybody has their favorite Virgin Island. I would love to hear from you guys. Have you visited? Do you love it? Which one is your favorite? And now you also know a little bit more about where Alexander Hamilton came from. So thank you so much for joining me today. I will see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. This podcast was written and researched by Sharon McMahon and Heather Jackson. It was produced by Heather Jackson, edited and mixed by our audio producer, Jenny Snyder, and hosted by me, Sharon McMahon. I'll see you next time.